Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 125. It's been a tough week in the world of rugby, but we're back on track talking England and we're looking at England's World Cup group for Japan. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, there was debate on this end about whether or not to take a, a week off, but Dan was quite adamant that we made a promise to you guys and we need to stick to that promise of bringing you an episode every week. Uh, we caveat that with we're going to be on holiday uh, in, well I'm going to be on holiday uh, at the end of May, so I'm not quite sure what we're going to do there, but for now we'll we'll assume we'll come up with some kind of solution. We are here today, um, but, uh, but Dan is going to be taking charge and more on that later, but before we crack on... Obviously, we'll say hello to Dan first, actually. Hi, mate. Uh, hello, buddy. You're, you're taking mean? charge, but we're not going to talk to you. No, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm taking charge. It could get a bit loose, but uh, but I'll, 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 let you, uh, I'll let you start and kick us off. Then I'll uh, go into a few things that I've, uh, that I've dug up. Awesome. Uh, it's, it's not much. I, just, uh, I mentioned last week about this new service that sort of tracks our progress. And one of the things that I've discovered that it does is it... Uh, it, it hunts down the reviews that we get uh, that are outside of the UK. And the problem we have is when we check our reviews, we only get shown the ones in the UK. So a number of our listeners, and I'm crossing my fingers that you're still with us, um, have over the course of the last couple of years written reviews for us, um, but they're based outside the UK. And so we've never actually seen them until now. Um, so I'm not going to go and read them all out. A lot of them are referencing things you know, back during the, the Autumn Internationals and the summer tour last year and even even further back than that but I did want to just do a quick uh, shout out to those of you that um, actually took the time to as our, as we asked for um, go on there write your comments give us reviews because obviously we really appreciate those so first Absolutely. up uh, this was back in October last year from Sean O'Farrell uh, I said I wasn't going to read them out this the, the only bit here that's interesting I mean he, he actually says that he lives out in South Africa I'm assuming he's suggesting he's South African because he says that we've converted him to an England fan, which is pretty impressive. He asks us about our opinions on John Mitchell, which we have covered um, back then. But he just he, one thing he mentions that I thought was quite good. He saw Owen Farrell at Ellis Park, shouted at the top of his lungs that he too was a Farrell, and apparently <laughs> Owen smiled and gave him a thumbs up. Uh, nice. Appreciate that. But yeah, Sean O'Farrell, Sean Farrell, that is, uh, thanks for reviewing us and uh, and giving us ratings and um, hopefully you're still listening and, and sorry for the delayed uh, thanks. Um, next up, this is uh, Singapore, rugby matey in Singapore. Um, this was J- July last year, um, five stars from him. Really appreciate that. Um, again, he asks about Manu's discipline and do we think we're going to see Manu, Manu back in the England team? Of course, we, we now know that, yes, we are. Um, so that's sort of, we missed missed the boat on that one. Uh, but he does go on to say, and this is something that perhaps we're going to cover, maybe even today, I'm not sure. But he says, um, do we think an Asian team with the likes of Hong Kong or Malaysia uh, make it far in the World Cup or even compete against the top nations? So one to, to ponder, uh, Dan. But yeah, uh, rugby. Not not to answer right right now. I don't think. Um, but, but I know we're going to obviously start talking about the World Cup at some stage. So we'll, maybe we can come back to something like this at that at that point. 
Um, but yeah, rugby matey in Singapore. So he gave us five stars. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, rattle through these now. PJ McPee in Australia. Loves the show. Five stars. Um, he, he wants to talk about... Uh, what does he want to talk about? He wants to talk about the impact of rugby union... Sorry, rugby league players on union. I believe we've actually covered something similar. I think we had a similar question from someone else. But um, uh, yeah, that's five stars from him. Really appreciate those. Uh, what have we got next? That was rugby matey. Oh, rugby matey again. He gave us another review a few months later. Uh, another five stars. Always, always happy to receive those. Um, it's not all. It's not all pretty. It's BC banter, ironically, uh, in Canada. He says, gave us one star. He said, highly hypocritical banter that refuses to see or take any criticism on the pod. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there, mate, with the word banter, but I imagine you're probably not listening anymore. Um, but um, fair enough. At least you took the time to uh, to give us an opinion. Um, and then finally, rugby matey again. <laughs> so another five stars. So three three lots of five stars from rugby matey. Big, big fan. He is clearly uh, out in Singapore. Rug, rugby matey, if you're listening, we will get these posts now. So please do get in touch and we'll make sure that we interact in a, a, a timely well, manner. Cl- closer to real time than we have done recently. Yeah, well, so, yeah, we'll actually respond because no doubt your questions will be relevant to what's going on at the time when we get them. And then, yeah, are bad. But uh, we, now that we're aware of them, now that we're able to to see these, we can, uh, we can yeah, keep tabs. But guys, really appreciate the feedback. Uh, really appreciate the support and obviously awesome to be getting the support from so far away. Um, so we will endeavour to pick up on your comments in future and as Dan says, um, kind of respond to them in you know, a timely manner. Anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we see them now. So thanks very much. Please keep them coming. Uh, always much appreciated, good or bad. Um if you take criticism on the pod, I slightly disagree with because we'll admit ourselves that we're not we're we're not exactly the uh, most we're not the authority out there. But uh, absolutely, no, that's fair I think, enough. But... You know, we, we 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 take the criticism because we read out the critique. Um, we don't accept it, of course, because it, <laughs> it's our job to argue why they're wrong and we're right. But um, yeah, I, banter. That's ultimately what it's about, you know, having a bit of a laugh, having a bit of fun, and being biased is kind of our our uh, USP. But um, anyway, Dan, I've done my bit. <laughs> it's it's over to you. I have no idea what's coming. I'm uh, I'm intrigued to know what you've um, what you've gone for this week. Well, it's 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 kind of it's kind of something different. It's been a it's been a bit of a weird few weeks in rugby. There's been there's been a lot of negative stuff. Do you know what? I I wanted to take us back a bit to our to sort of our DNA as a podcast, to our raison d'être, for uh, want of better words. Um, so I'm moving this very much England focus, and I'm starting to just flirting with uh, looking at the World Cup Ooh. to a slight extent. Um, but before I look at the World Cup, there are a couple of things that uh, I wanted to run by you. The first thing which I wanted to get your thoughts on is Warren Gatland has been pretty much said he's likely to be the next Lions coach. How much genuine sort of a genuine reality behind that there is, I, I have no idea. But if he is, and a lot of people say that opens the door for him to be the England coach. Now, let's assume after this autumn when we win the World Cup 
um, Eddie decides, do you know what? I've I've done as much as I can. I'm going to step down. What would your feelings be about Warren Gatland then being the next England coach? Firstly, I don't think that he'll ever be the next England coach. I just, okay. Uh, there are certain things he's said, although maybe that's just him, you know, trying to trying to get them to stop talking about it. Um, you know, talking about the fact that he'd never be allowed anywhere anywhere near Wales again uh, if he did it. And I, I mean, look, we, it, it, it's it's in the nature of sports fans to. Um, to kind of hate someone when they're a rival and then totally embrace them when they're when they're no longer a rival, you know, happens in club sports all the time, and obviously in situations like this, it happens in international sports too. So I'm sure that we would embrace him, and ultimately, it's a results-driven game, isn't it? So if he if it did happen and England were winning, we'd all say, yeah, Warren Grattan, he's great. Um, but-, but on the Lions front, um, my initial reaction to reading that was actually like, oh, for God's sake, because. Because I had this this immediate sort of knee jerk reaction that he's going to pick too many Welsh players that are not actually as good as their counterparts from other nations, but of course he will have been away from Wales for a good couple of years by then. So yeah. it will be very interesting actually to see if coming from a position of of you know just being an outsider looking in, having had time to to work on the Lions solely. And just watching all of the nations kind of in a, from an unbiased perspective, maybe actually it will be a little different. I don't know. I don't hate it, it as much after it sunk in as I did when I first read it. Let's put it that yeah, way. exactly. So, so if he was, um, so, so let's say what happened. We win the World Cup. Eddie decides, right, time for me to set down, give someone else a chance. And he is, Warren is named as the England coach. I, I know you don't think it's likely, but let's say it happens. What's going to be the initial thought? So, what if he if he if they say that he is the next England coach? Yeah, he, he takes on he takes on from Eddie after World Cup, what to a World Champions. I, mean, I think my my heart says I'll be disappointed. My head says you know he's a world class coach, so it, it's it's can't it can't be that it can't be a bad thing like. If he really wanted to do that, and if that really happened, he's obviously doing it, I mean, for the money, but also he wants results. He doesn't want to be a coach of a losing team. So as long as he's bringing the best out of the England side, I'd be okay with it, I guess. Yeah, so so, so this was my problem. When I first heard it, I'm, I'm so pre-programmed to be like, no Wales, no, 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 no. But actually, he's a brilliant coach. He is a brilliant coach. And I actually think he'd be a great England coach. Um, I'm with you. I don't think he will be the next England coach, but if he was, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot has to happen before then. Um, if he's already like, if the Lions thing is true, I doubt that they've lined him up for also for the England job. I think the lion the Lions lot would be like, well, we don't really want you to commit to the Lions now, and then a year out from the Lions. You take on the England job, but if that did happen, <laughs> the other the other advantage is that he's proven time and time again that he does favour his own players. So um, maybe that would be good for for the England boys and their their chances of getting Lions caps. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But it's, it's something to ponder because let's face it, as much as we've been anti Warren Gatlin because um, 
he's a boyo. It's um, he's a great coach. And I, I think it, I think Eddie Jones should be the Lions coach. Lots of people say that that's out. I mean, there was something going around. I think I may have mentioned this in a previous episode, but there was like a an April Fools going around that that um, Eddie Jones had been named as the next Lions coach, and I didn't really understand because most people, you know, w- whether they love him or hate him, w- you know, will say that Eddie Jones is very good at getting results in the short term. Yeah, you know, the haters will say that he that he falls flat, you know, in the long term, and that's why he's not a good international coach and he doesn't get long-term results we shall see but surely the Lions is absolutely ideal for someone who everyone agrees gets results in the short term no no I don't, I don't think he'd be a bad Lions coach at all but I mean we'll see the Lions is uh probably least of our focus at the moment but I just thought the Gatlin thing was quite interesting because it would be bringing in a world-class coach assuming Eddie does leave assuming you, you know, it goes down that route. But ignoring that, so moving on more now, I'm, I'm going to move away from that because okay. I, I not much chat there until we know what happened. So England, so looking at firstly, so the England Red Roses for women's uh, players of the year, the trio have been announced uh, for, have been nominated for top three, Sarah Byrne, the prop, Katie Daly-McLean and Sarah McKenna. Katie Daly-McLean fly off, Sarah McKenna, the fullback. Um, well done. Well done to those three. I'm actually a bit embarrassed and ashamed to say that I don't know that I know enough about them to give a a great opinion on my thoughts on that. I I, I don't think we need to be embarrassed or ashamed. Um, I'm, I'm the same, but I think we know more about them now than we did a year ago or two years ago. And, and you know, that, these things take time. And I think it's it's great to see that, that it's the, the, the women's game is, is gaining traction uh, it's gaining more and more fans, um, and you know it's going in the right direction. And we just have to stick. We have to stick with it. St- stick behind it, and and just kind of keep watching. And it, you know it will get there. Um, it, but I like you. I just uh, yeah. I don't know enough. If I'd known this was coming, I might have looked a few things up, and I would have been able to pretend that I did. <laughs> but um, but that did. That's not the way we we, ro- we rolled this week. So um, you know it's great. Congratulations, as you say, to the to the three of them. Um, and yeah, we will. Yeah, we we will try and do our best to bring sort of little bits of knowledge and 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 things to our listeners, and and you know so that they can learn with us. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a a slow and steady race because it's it is a changing game. You know, England are within the women's kind of the whole women's setup. You know, England are one of the teams that's so far ahead of some of the others. You know, the game as a whole is not on an even keel yet. Um, so even as the England team becomes more professional and they become better and better, and, and you know it's easy to say, well, we should be treated; they should be treated the same. It's about the fans. It's about getting the numbers in. It's about getting the money into the game from the the purists, and it will it will get there. It's it's improving all the time, and eventually we'll I think see uh, far more from it. And you know the BBC and ITV and Sky and everyone else are certainly not being shy about pushing it. It's, um, it's been it's been one of the, the kind of key marketing tools that they've used to to highlight the rugby season uh, for the so, past year so more yeah, of that so, and I think it will we'll get there so my issue with the women's game at the moment is I think the Red Roses have done such a good job they've almost done too good a job that it's not 
as competitive as you'd want it to be because the Red Roses are so good. It's not that entertaining that to watch a game where one team wins by 60 points every single time. Just destroys. And and that, so all you can say there is not Red fault. Roses and the England women, yeah, you've, you've been absolutely brilliant and we're, we're really proud of you and, and good for you. But weirdly enough, that actually, you want the others to catch up just to make the games that yeah. bit more exciting. That's exactly it. You know, the, the, the England girls are getting better and better and uh, it's becoming more and more professional. You know, it wasn't that long ago that you watched the game and it just, it felt like like a totally different class. It's It doesn't look the same. You know, it looks much, much more professional now. It's much more entertaining to watch now. But like you say, the oppositions need to be at the same level for the games to become really exciting to watch. Um, and that's what's going to draw the fans in. And that that side of it isn't quite there yet from the games that I've seen. Uh, for for many of the games I've seen, there are other teams there. You know, there are certain games that that um, that are exciting, and, and you know, things like World Cup finals, and you know, they're the ones to really draw in the fans and, and make the most of it. We just want to see more from the other nations, um, and it'll get there. Yeah, absolutely. Because now, like like you say, I agree. Because now, if you watch for Red Roses, and also I, I believe the women's Kiwi teams called the Black Ferns, or like the yeah. Canadians or the US, some of those women players are world-class rugby players, regardless of sex. They are world-class rugby players. And that's great to see at, at any level. So as long as there can be the competition there, I think I think there's a massive future. But well done to England women. Well done to those three. And um, best of luck. It's announced on the 8th of May. And on that note, on the 8th of May, will also be announced the England Men's Player of the Year. So the three nominations. Um, do you want to have a guess or...? Uh, three nominations. Um, uh, Owen Farrell. Nope. Ooh. <laughs> I, I was going to say Billy, but I think probably not. No, Billy's not. I mean, I guess he's been injured a bit anyway. Um, oh, okay. So, <clears throat> Marrow. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, again, injuries. Mako has been injured, so I'd like to say him, but probably not either. Um, oh, no, I don't know. Um yeah, sorry, shall I just tell you? Yeah. It could be. So it's it's actually when you hear them, you, you'll get it. So it's Tom Curry, Johnny May and Mark Wilson. Tom Curry, Johnny May, Mark Wilson, yeah. I, I think that's fair. I've, I think they I think they have been, over the year, I think they have been. I'd have got there if we'd, the if we'd, kept, if we'd kept going, Dan. I would have got there. <laughs> what, to name the team? Yeah, three, okay. three out of 15 of my guesses I, would have been right. Um, so they were my next three, in fact. So, firstly, so Tom Curry, Johnny May, Mark Wilson, Tom Curry, name, name the order you'd put them in. Uh, that order <laughs> Tom Curry, Johnny May, Mark Wilson. Really, yeah, yeah. you'd go that order. Okay, I, I kind of get that because Tom Curry has just been, I would have him as the find of the year. Um, although Mark Wilson's been awesome for me. The only reason I'd go Johnny May is because I think Johnny May now is the only one of those three players who can say he is truly world-class, as in he would make a world 15. Uh, yeah, well, he, yeah, he, he could. Johnny May is one of those guys that you can kind of slot in. He's a workhorse and he is so quick. But a, an awful lot of what of what works for Johnny May. And that, this is not to take anything away from him because 
because it's it's all pre-planned does rely on what other people are doing whereas i think someone like Tom but that's Curry, the same for any winger well isn't it? yeah no it is it is and i think for that reason it makes it harder as a winger to get the same kind of recognition but i think you know in the trenches for either of the other two um and tom curry in particular with what he's done over the last sort of 6 12 months it's it's just been phenomenal to see this guy come from being a complete unknown to being one of the first names on the team sheet according to you know most fans and i would imagine with the way he's been playing eddie jones and his coaching staff as well um so for that reason i'm yeah that's my reason for why it's tom curry um but yeah good good three three strong nominations um we'll see what happens yeah, it, it, it's interesting. So, quick question. If you had to, we're going into a match with a World Cup final tomorrow. We're playing against the All Blacks. If you could only have one player playing out of Johnny May or Tom Curry, which one would you have playing? Tom Curry. Would you? I would because I think England have far... You know, Whilst I think Johnny May is the best option on the wing, I think England have, you know serious class on the wing in you know there are so many options so how about underhill as well though instead of curry possibly i've said we've we've mentioned before why can't we have both uh i'd quite like to see that but um i yeah no again that that would be i just i think tom curry is more valuable to england i think i okay to put it a different way i think i think England potentially don't have a replacement for a Tom Curry in the well, same think, in the same way that they do for a Johnny May. Well, I would argue that with Underhill. Well, I mean, you're talking. To, there are two guys. Uh, yeah. There are two guys. Whereas, whereas Johnny May, there are probably four or five that you could potentially replace him with. That's not to say that the other the other four or five that you could replace Johnny May with are better than him. We, in theory, we're saying these are the two best, but if you couldn't have one of them, I just think I think England has more strength and depth on the wing than it does at seven. Um, and yeah, I'll agree I, that. and on that basis, for me, Tom Curry is is more important if you had to choose between them. If you had to choose them, and, and do you think he's been the best player for England over the last twelve months? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I would, well, well, I think there's been a, I think there's been a lot. And I think it. I think genuinely it has. You know, it's cheesy to say it, but it's been this a team game in a way that we haven't seen from this England team in a long time. So I don't think that there's a lot of individual. Look, in a lot of cases, I think I think it's less about the individual and it's more about the the team that Eddie's actually selected and how they work together. Obviously, there have been some issues along the way as well. Um, so yeah, I, I I get his nomination, and this is why I think I probably it, it, it's easy to not be able to guess the nominations. Like I don't think those three have have been miles ahead of everyone else in the team. But but equally, I'm I'm you know, when you tell me the names, I'm like yeah okay, I get that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I I, I do completely know what you I mean. I think you could have named you could have named probably any any three out of the fifteen. Out of the, you know, the the typical twenty three, and you'd probably be saying, "Yeah, I, yeah, I get that." <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it's a tough one. Um, 
I, I wouldn't argue. I, w- I wouldn't be annoyed if any one of them won it because I think they've all had brilliant years. Yeah. For me, I think I'd go Johnny May. Johnny Wackadoo May. Um, That's a weird rather, middle name, isn't it? <laughs> it? It is a weird middle name. He's a weird man, but uh, he's a hell of a rugby player, so I, I couldn't give a shit, to be honest. <laughs> um, speaking of players of the year, so what was quite interesting, so European player of the year... So I'm I'm just looking at the English players. So there's Leinster players uh, mentioned as well. It's fair enough. But the two European English players uh, have been mentioned for European Player of the Year are Mako, mm-hmm. which fair enough, he's been awesome, and Alex Good. Now, mm. Alex Good has been absolutely spectacular all year. Does that help or does that in any way raise his profile for him in England place or is that is that ship sailed? Again, and I think we kind of we went went into this a little bit last week. I genuinely don't believe that ships sail with Eddie Jones. Mm. I would I would love to know his thought process in not selecting Alex Good. Um, and I think that it can only help him. It's it's, it's a difficult one because uh, yeah, we're we're all you know there, there have been a number of these decisions that Eddie's made. That we've all been a bit sort of you know scratching our heads, going, "Why on earth has this guy not had more opportunities, more game time?" Um, and Eddie's obviously chosen not to share his thought process. But you know, th- there comes a point where you, you can't. You've got to say something. You've got to give give something back. I think maybe people have been far less vocal about the Alex Good decision to not to not play him for England than they have for Danny for Danny Cipriani, for example. But like you say, Alex Good, you know, he's on the shortlist for European Player of the Year. I think possibly even again. Um, so maybe we need to put more pressure on Eddie to at least get some kind of feedback as to why he's not interested. Um, be, because I think be Alex Good is a better fullback than Elliot Daly. Yeah, it'd be interesting because I think Eddie bows down to pressure quite a lot as well. So. Yeah, no, he does, always. It'll be it's, good. It's, it's about getting pressure from the right people. That's why you, we need to contact him. Exactly, exactly. We need to have a chat. Eddie, come on, mate. Just let us know. But, like, you know Ale, Ale, is that a fair statement? Is Alex Good a better fullback than Elliot Daly? Um, in the Premiership, he's been playing better. At international level, I would go Elliot Daly, I must admit. But on what basis? Because we haven't seen Alex Good for I, so long I, I, and he's I, never really had much. Do you know what I mean? Like, what. I just think Elliot Daly has... Uh, I'm not saying I don't want Elliot Daly involved. I think he's a world-class player and he offers an awful lot, but... Uh, you know, I think Elliot Daly has that... Um, just that extra... I, I would 100% hope I would never say that, but I think I'd probably have before. But I, th- I think Elliot Daly just has that bit more... He's at international level. He is world-class. I think he's... Alex Good, to me, reads a game better... I don't think we necessarily need that as much as we need someone like Elliot Daly, who's an absolute like he, he is a game changer. He can be he like his pace, his skill. I, I think he's got at international level. I think he's got the pace to really. Tr- I think he'll trouble defenses more than Alex Goodwill. Um, oh, if look, you're going right. for a more defensive option, I think you've got a Mike Brown. Really? No. Don't get me wrong, I'd actually pick Alex Good ahead of Mike Brown, but to me, Elliot Daly at well, international level would be more damaging than Alex Good would be. It's interesting we're talking about fullback with Alex Good and Elliot Daly, but of course, 
another uh, previously very popular England fullback is making his return after, I think, getting on for 18 months um, with Anthony Watson starting for Bath against Sale this weekend. Um, you know, in his comeback, uh, you know, are we potentially seeing more, just you know, just selection headaches for Eddie on the way? Easy to is say. It... Easy to say. No, I think you know he's made his decision now. But you know, it's going to depend on whether Watson comes back with the same quality he had when he went out, isn't it? I, I, I think Watson. If Watson comes back with and he's looking crisp and he's looking as sharp as he was before, I think he's. Definitely causing headaches from a squad perspective. But I think Eddie's... I don't know. I really don't know. Is Eddie looking at him on the wing? Or is he looking at him as a, as a cover? I think I think, he'd, I think there's room for both Elliot and... Because let's not forget, he was Eddie's fullback. It's, yeah. not, it's not like he's a fullback from a previous era. You know, he was Eddie's fullback and then he got injured. It's mate, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because there's two there's two world class fullbacks there. I think the Mike Brown days are probably gone. Um yeah. I I think it is between Elliot Daly and Anthony Watson, and I think there's room for both of them because they can both be class fullbacks. Assuming Anthony Watson comes back as sharp as he was before, I'm sure he will. Yeah. I mean I guess we're talking World Cup squad, aren't we? And and as we've yeah. discussed, you can't take you can't take twenty three guys and expect them to play every game. And then win a and win a World Cup. You know, you need a you need a squad. You, know, you need to be able to change things up. But well, I be, hope we take be... more than twenty three. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> good, you, good. You, you, you can't take twenty three. <laughs> good. Um, so on that, actually, and I'm going to change tack a bit here. Looking at the World Cup, so I thought what one of our listeners uh, before mentioned it'd be good to do a review on uh, the people in our group. Now, I haven't exactly done a review on the teams in our group because. Um, that would take some fairly in-depth analysis. But what I did do is look at our group and look at the last 10 games. So I'm just going to read out some stats to you quickly for the last 10 games. And let me know if we can read into this or not, because there's a bit more to go into if we can. England, the last 10 games, 1-7, lost 2, drawn 1. France, 1-3, lost 7. Argentina, 1-2, lost 8. USA, 1-8, lost 2. Tonga, 1-3, lost 7. Do we read into that at all? Hang on, hang on. What was, it? was it USA was what? 1-8, lost 2. But and, Tong- and Tonga was? 1-3, lost 7. But Tonga also, interestingly, that their last 10 games are since the start of 2017. So in 18 months, they've only played 10 games. I think Tonga you can't really talk about as a threat. I, uh, England England shouldn't and realistically won't lose to Tonga or probably USA. But USA, interestingly, have beaten in those things. They have beaten Scotland and they have beaten Samoa. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see it. We've mentioned, we talked about, we've talked about the USA before. Um, you know, they, they have the potential to be outrageously good, given their their kind of the pool that they can, they that they can, well, not that they can pick from, but that exists in terms of quality sports men and women, um, and 
yeah, if they manage to find a way to make rugby a big sport in the States, and it's obviously getting bigger all the time, in- inevitably the time will come when they're going to be world class. I'm not sure they're there yet. I think they have. I think they have certain. I think we're two World Cups too early. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing it in the sevens circuit. We're seeing how good they are, and I think it will evolve from there because I think in sevens, you know, individuals make have more of an impact. Um, I think I think in the fifteens at the top level, you know, those individuals, um, you know, who are outrageous, uh, particularly in terms of pace and, and things, um, have less of an impact on the entire game because it is a fifteen man game. Um, and I think we are, as you say, two World Cups too early. Um, but, you know, they, they, they're not going to be, it's not going to be a, a, a walkover. Um, but they, and, and I think they've got it in them to, is cause an upset the right word? I, I don't see them beating England. I don't see them beating England. Could they, be, I, I, they could I beat France. I can't see them beating, I, I could see them beating France. So that, I guess, if USA were to beat France, that would, would be the upset that I think they could potentially cause. Uh, Argentina have been awful. They they have. They have been awful, but it was also looking at who have they lost to. They've lost to New Zealand a few times, Australia, South Africa. They've lost to Scotland, France, Ireland as well. But, I think but they've if also you, but, beaten but it, South Africa and Australia. Yeah, but I think if you keep going further back as well, I mean, look, the last time we played Argentina, I think it was three games out in Argentina, you know, during the Lions tour when we took our second team out there um, and and did them in their own backyard. And then they came over here and we did them again. Um, I just, yeah, I don't think, I don't think they're, they're a concern. I I mean, look, you, you've got to go into this thinking that all of the teams you're playing could potentially beat you, but only if you play badly. I think that has to be the way to look at it. I think, you know, if, if every team there plays to their best in every game, England come out on top having won all of their games, not just because of the world rankings, because obviously the people, some people might say, well, yeah, obviously. Um, but, but yeah, I agree with you. Tonga is not one to be concerned about. Tonga and USA, I don't think are... I think France this- is the only game in that, genuinely, that, that England need to be overly worried about. And not, not, not overly worried about. France is the only game in, that, in there that I think England... Go into saying, you know, they're they're our biggest threat, um, which is obvious. And I'm not convinced that they're that big a threat. Looking at how they've performed in the, the last few times England have played them, I think England know how to beat France. I, I think they do at the moment. The French and I, I definitely am not going to use a cliche, but the French have good enough players to beat anyone on their day, and they generally do. They've got some world class players. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it comes down to. Uh, having you know, if we take the Six Nations as the most recent England rugby that we've seen, um, it comes down to: Do England know what went wrong against Wales and then subsequently against Scotland, and do they know what they need to do to fix it? Which isn't something we can answer right now. Um, it's something that they they need to deal with uh, in house, and that we will see in the build up in the warm up games. Um, and I think if the answer to that question is yes, then I think England go through unbeaten. Yeah, and, and and England, in my mind, should go through that group unbeaten. There's some... Like, France and Argentina can be tough games. Argentina can put out a 
heroic performance. But unless England mess up, we should beat Argentina. We really should. Yeah. Um, So this is an interesting one for you then. And again, we'll do far more analysis on this the closer we get. But if England had won the Grand Slam in this recent Six Nations, would we be looking at this group going, oh, you'd probably play a... You know, probably a second string side against Tonga and USA and maybe even Argentina, you know, in order to rest players. Whereas is the danger that that because of what happened initially against Wales, um, and then obviously what happened against Scotland in particular, that a message has gone out to say England have the ability to totally collapse, don't ever give up, and you're still in with yeah, there's there's always a chance. And is that gonna make it life difficult for England in terms of selection because of this issue of you've got to use your th- your 33 or your 36 or whatever it is you know going into into games that typically you would say we you know we're, we're confident to to kind of take some of our bigger names out to give them a rest and you're thinking but we can't risk an upset no i i slightly disagree i i think regardless of that i think we put our best team out against france and argentina and i think usa and tonga will be lesser teams and i think i don't think a Grand Slam would have changed that. Okay. In my mind, anyway. Um, but it, it's hard to know. It was interesting. I just wanted to sort of move us towards that World Cup thinking because it's it's quite interesting. Tonga, 10 games in 18 months is not is not ideal for them. They realistically can't be seen as a threat and shouldn't be. And that's no disrespect to Tonga. That's just they they haven't got the they've got some amazing players. They just don't have the they don't have the avenues. They don't they don't have the streams to be able to sort of develop and and to you know become as good an international team as they probably could be. No, and it's been a it's been an issue you know with with a lot of the island nations for a long time. The big threat that they that they I mean Fiji being the slight exception to that rule, but. The real threat there is, you know, they're big boys and they have the potential to cause problems from an injury perspective. And often they look at they look at World Cups as we're not going to get through. Therefore, we're going to sort of stamp our put our put our stamp down by being physical. And it's almost like a badge of honor if you can injure it, you know, for them if they if they can injure somebody through a massive well, hit. I- or- <laughs> Easy. <laughs> no, that's my I, that genuinely. Like, I, I think England will be their World Cup final. Yeah, that that's where where I see it. But I, I don't think I, I don't want to say they're looking to injure. But I, I think England will be their World Cup final. Um, USA as well. I think the same. England will be their World Cup final. You, you don't think that these teams looking to injure is probably the wrong the wrong phrase. But you don't think they go in thinking you know we. We're basically going to show what we're what we're all about through being. Oh, a hundred, a hundred, percent. I think I think they'll go in and they'll try and make it as physical as possible. But I think that's another reason that we won't put out our best team against Tonga. I think we'll put out a team against Tonga who we know will have prepared better. Yeah, will have, have played better. Whereas, what, what's I mean, one of, yeah, one of the things that we probably need to look at is the order of the games. Uh, so yeah, so we've done it before, and I, and I had that up. Um, I, I've had that up previously. So our last game, I, th- I think we start USA and Tonga. I, I'm not sure which order, um, and then we finish with Argentina France. So it does get progressively tougher, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
Which, so, is, which is probably a, an advantage for England. Because actually, we've seen it over the years with, uh, with New Zealand. Um, not so much in, in recent years, but, but going back kind of 10, 12 plus years. You know, New Zealand had that habit, didn't they, of being the best in the world. But I, and I, and I, I think because of the groups that they ended up in, they'd end up with quite a lot of games that didn't offer a huge challenge. And they'd come into the knockout phases a little bit sort of um, unprepared. Yeah. I think it's key to come into the knockouts kind of firing on all cylinders um, because it's knockout rugby. So so actually, I think to, to kind of have that build in terms of the quality of opposition, it's preparing you as best as possible for the knockouts, which is just only going to get tougher still. Yeah, uh, so, so whereas if it was theory, the other way around, if we had our tough games and then we had three essentially st- sort of straightforward ones, or t- you know, a couple of straightforward ones, but th- and then you're into the knockouts, it's like, where do you go from here? It's, it's all got a little bit out, out of balance. So, so in theory, our matches get progressively harder. So we go Tonga, USA, Argentina, and then France. Right. So I think that's good for England. I, yeah, I, I would agree. Use for, for your reason. I, th- I think that's a good, good way for England. Yeah, I um, guess the I guess the only downside to that is the idea that to- Tonga and USA is the games you want to rest, where you want to where you want to potentially rest big players. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It would almost be good to go like something like Argentina, Tonga, France, USA, or something, just to yeah. mix it up a bit. But e- either way, that's fine. Like that's not going to stop us winning it. No, no. I mean, really, there's no point in us discussing it. Exactly. You know, we, we already know the outcome. Exactly, exactly. Um, but no, it was interesting. Yeah, and I wanted to move away because with all the stuff rugby, there was some stuff about. I mean, we've we've carried a We've mentioned before about the Premiership, but I think we've mentioned about the upcoming games. Next week, we'll obviously look at what happened to the results of the games because that'll have a massive impact on who's going down. Yeah, and um, as we said, big, the big one to watch this week is definitely uh, Leicester against Bath. Well, no, disagree. Newcastle, Northampton. Mm, Newcastle, and it's And also, it's Leicester-Bristol. So That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, Leicester, Leicester-Bristol's a big one. And Newcastle-Northampton's on the Friday, so depending on that result... If Newcastle win, then Leicester Bristol's huge. Yeah. If Newcastle lose, then it's less so. And actually, the sale sale against Bath's a big game now that uh, Anthony Watson's having his comeback because I'm really keen to see how he's uh, how he's looking. Yeah, completely. You know, a, 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 a hat trick hero, man of the match performance, and Eddie's got some serious thinking to do. That that would be awesome. Um, so yeah, watch this space. But yeah, as Dan says, we can we, we'll get into that next week uh, when when. Once the Premiership is back in full flow. Um, lovely, lovely. Well, it was a bit, a bit of a random one this week, just a bit through, but it was good to get back to sort of very England-centric. Um, Absolutely. Good luck to all the people nominated for Players of the Years, be it as England men, England women or European. And, um, yeah, good luck to all the teams playing this weekend and we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Catch you next week, guys. Oh, and of course, as we always say, um, if you get the opportunity, get over to iTunes. doesn't matter if you're in the UK or abroad now. Um, rate us, review us, let us know what you think. Got any questions, you can reach out to us uh, on email at England Rugby, sorry, englandrugbypod at gmail.com or on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and so on, at England Rugby Pod. And, uh, and yeah, just sort of, we're still looking for ideas for episodes, particularly as things get a little quieter. And, and of course, with the season drawing to a close, there's going to be uh, some more quiet periods. So 
If you've got any thoughts on things you'd like to hear us talk about, uh, get in touch, let us know what those are. And um, we'll catch you guys next week.